Hey there, Hyperfixation Nation. This is the Get Your Fix podcast where we chat all things fandom, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, I'm your host, Vaughn. Thank you for joining me as always. Um, If you want to learn more about the show, you can uh, check it out on the getyourfixpod.card.co. That's C-A-R-R-D. You can subscribe on all your favorite platforms. um, And you can also reach me on any of my socials if you want to go and check that out. Um, And if this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been with me since the beginning, welcome back. So this week, I am really excited to chat about some new things that I've been interested in recently. So I've been really leaning into that like nostalgia factor. Um, A lot of what I think is um, attractive and alluring about fandom for a lot of people is that nostalgia. It's things that we grew up loving that we've loved for a really, really long time. But something that I've kind of noticed in fandom culture that I don't love is that like intense level of gatekeeping um, by people who have liked things for a really long time. So like, I try really hard not to be that uh, fan. I talked a little bit about like the big little thing that I did on Tumblr with Fall Out Boy, where like post hiatus Fall Out Boy fans are being matched with uh, pre hiatus fans and kind of like bringing them in. And I, I kind of take that approach to everything in my life anyway. Like, I really believe in being like a steward of humanity and uh, helping people enjoy things and be a part of something being really welcoming you know, I, that's really important to me and it's an important part of my story. So I think that something that I think is really cool is at my age, being able to get into new things kind of for the first time. Um, cause that doesn't have to be that much anymore. And I'm not, you know, like geriatric, I'm only 29, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm pretty set in my ways when it comes to like things that I consume. And so it's really fun and exciting when I discover something new that I really like. So like a couple of things that I've gotten into over the last couple of years that I never really paid attention to before are things like Dimension 20 and like D&D in general. Like I didn't grow up playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's really been an adult thing that I've gotten into. So particularly Dimension 20 um, really got into Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses and Three Hopes, which um, has been really fun. I never played those games growing up. I uh, was not a Fire Emblem kid at all. So like, those are just a couple of things that I've gotten into as an adult, uh, which has been really fun and cool. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling to have that like spark again of like, ooh, this is something that I know I'm going to really like. So I thought for this episode, um, it would be really fun to chat about some new bands that I've discovered. Um, because I'm particularly set in my ways when it comes to music. Um, I pretty much stay in my lanes with the artists that I know and like. Um, but over like the last, I want to say like three or four months, um, I have discovered a couple of new bands that I'm just really enjoying. Um, or bands and like solo musicians, just like new new artists making music. And I wanted to share who they are and um the type of music that they make and uh what some of my favorite tracks are so kind of similar to my uh, anime openers episode i'm gonna link a a podcast kind of similar to my anime openers episode um i'm gonna link a playlist a youtube playlist of some of the tracks that i've been enjoying from these new bands and so before i get into who they all are and and what i've been enjoying from them something that is cool about this experience is that i have found Every single one of these groups, except for one, um, from Instagram Reels. 
which is uh, an unlikely place to find new music, I feel like. Um, I hadn't really considered Instagram a place to find music per se. I will say I used to have a TikTok and I deleted it because I it was making me insane. Like the algorithm, like being a queer and trans person, um, I would just get pushed to like the most like disgusting crap on TikTok that I just didn't want to see. Um, and so I deleted it and I have found Instagram reels to be way better for me, algorithmically speaking. It mostly just shows me the stuff that I want to see. So like I watch a lot of like ceramics videos, like people making pottery, like K-pop videos, um, like men's fashion, all that kind of stuff. Like, um, so I really, really like Instagram reels, but one of the features of Instagram reels is the promotional tool, um, where you get promoted videos Um, in your reels while you're scrolling. And the algorithm has figured out that I will almost always click an external link if it is pushing me a 10 or 15 second clip of a pop punk song. So that's how they got me. And so most of these groups kind of fall in that like pop punk or like synthy house, like new pop sound. Um, And I'm really, really enjoying them. So um, yeah, let's get into it. So the first artist I'm going to be talking about is a project called Wheelwright. Um, And Wheelwright is actually just one guy. Um, And uh, his name's Jared. And I actually found Wheelwright from my fiance. So they showed him to me. They followed his previous music project, which was called Jared in the Mill, which was like an actual band. And then Jared broke off to kind of do his own thing. And we actually got to see Wheelwright recently at like this really small dive bar venue in Philadelphia. And it was so, oh my gosh, it was so good. Wheelwright is like totally my style of music. Um, It kind of marries my nostalgic love of like country music um with the like grunge and like the sad boy vibes and all of that good stuff and so he kind of self-describes uh on his website uh as wheelwright brings a southwestern sound of pop and grunge from the sprawling desert city of phoenix arizona and that is totally his vibe he's got the cowboy hat the tight denim big belt buckle uh bolo ties and um the the content of his music is it really like speaks to me it's about like all of the laughter that you have in life um comes with a pinch of suffering so like you know kind of just like the way that the human experience can be painful and where to find the hope and the joy within that um and i really do kind of feel the spirit of the desert when i listen to him sing just kind of like the sprawling endless sameness but then how it kind of shifts and changes at night his voice is so beautiful it like gives me chills um and I just love the aesthetic of his brand of his tour merch everything so I've been really binging Wheelwright songs recently um he also remastered a couple of his Jared in the Mill songs as a soloist and so I'm absolutely loving that um and uh he was so freaking sweet um in person like he had a little meet and greet after where he was like selling merch and and chatting and he was so down to earth and normal and if you know me i've listened to this podcast you know that i can get a little bit starstruck like even with like someone who's not like a blockbuster superstar meeting someone that tours and makes music like i always just get a little bit nervous and have butterflies even though i know they're just people but 
uh, I just think that musicians have such a big impact on my life. So um, meeting him, I was like really nervous and he was, he was so sweet and so handsome and kind. And I really hope to see him again. I hope he goes back on tour because it was, it was really, really special. Um, and getting to have that experience with my fiance was wonderful. And I just feel like there's a, a huge sense of authenticity in what he's creating. And I have a lot of respect for somebody that has been working on their creative passions for such a long time. And, you know, is just continuing to do what he loves and, and making music that's authentic to himself. Like, I just love that. So uh, we'll write also known as Jared in the Mill previously, but now we'll write. Um, the two songs that I've really been binging from him recently are Nothing's Wrong and Three Dots. They both just like literally give me chills from the tips of my toes to the top of my head. They're beautiful, beautiful songs. So um, I'll have those in the playlist. So Nothing's Wrong and Three Dots by Wheel Wright. So the next uh, artist I'm going to be talking about is called Sugar, and it's spelled S-U-G-R question mark, which I love. I love a, a goofy kind of moniker situation. And uh, Sugar is the stage name for an artist named Stephen uh, Suptic, I think is his last name. And he's from a comedy group called Sugar Pine 7. Um, and he was also formerly from another like music project that was called SourceFed. And so I actually don't know anything about Steven at all. I literally have only heard one album from Sugar. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm like in the fandom, uh, not quite as immersed as I am with like Wheelwright. So I've listened to their EP, which is called Oh Death. This is, like I said, the only thing that I've heard from, from Sugar is uh, the EP Oh Death. And all five songs are so good to me. Um, they're, they're sort of that, they have that like electronic, like audio engineering quality with the, the pop punk soul and spirit. Um, and so I, I really love, it's really different from a lot of the things that I have heard recently. I think there's a lot of people like trying to cultivate this sound, but I think he's really nailed it. And this actually came out in 2019. So it's not new, but it's new to me. Uh, and I, um, have played this EP on repeat over and over again. And I talked about this a little bit in the anime openers, but one thing I love in a song is when the lyrics are like hard and painful and like gritty, but the music itself is really bright and fun and hopeful and like a major chord. And Oh Death, uh, the song, not the EP, but the song Oh Death really has that exact vibe and I absolutely love it. But there's also something a little bit like almost like creepy about the lyrics that I really love, like kind of like an Avenged Sevenfold sort of thing, but with the sound of like Metro Station, right? So I really like it. Um, the The wordplay is really clever um, in all five of these tracks. Um, and that probably comes from Steven being a comedian. Um, and so I, I love a good uh, poetic quality to song lyrics um, in the storytelling that feel a little whimsical, you know, you feel like you're being taken on a journey. It's one of the reasons I love Fall Out Boy, like very flowery language. Um, so uh, Sugar has been in my playlist rotation for the last two years, actually. I uh, found them last year, again, from my fiance, actually. They found them, I think, on a Spotify playlist at Starbucks or something, like really random. And that's that's what's so fun about this episode is that you never know where you're going to find your next favorite artist. Um, and so... Uh, if you're someone that makes music, I think it's a good lesson. Like someone can find you anywhere. And I uh, have been really, really enjoying that. So um, Sugar, again, S-U-G-R question mark. And I particularly like the EP called Oh Death. And I think my favorite song off the EP is called Make It Hurt. 
Um, just because it's so fucking weird. I just love it. Um, so definitely check that out. So the next band I'm going to be talking about is called Magnolia Park. And Magnolia Park is really cool because they are a um, BIPOC pop punk band project from Orlando, Florida. And I found them really organically, actually. So they weren't uh, promoted to me on Instagram. I actually found them from a Instagram reel that someone had made highlighting BIPOC artists in the pop punk scene. Um, to try and like reorient us to the origins of pop punk and rock in, in the U.S. So the genre was born from Black folks in America. Um, and a lot of folks, particularly in the pop punk space, kind of forget that. They kind of think about it as like a sad white boy genre. And so it makes sense that people feel that way because a lot of white men in particular have kind of co-opted the pop punk space and made it theirs. But a lot of the like original pop punk like legends from the early 2000s who helped define the genre were people of color um even though people weren't recognizing them as people of color so like i think about like pete wentz who's biracial and people love to erase uh, his black identity gabe supporta is latino um you know ray toro from my chemical romance is biracial like uh, travi mccoy is black so it's always been uh like most things uh, cultivated by people of color and particularly um, Black folks. And so uh, I, and I cannot remember who the actual Instagram user was that made the video because the only uh, thing that I took with me was Magnolia Park because I was so in love with their sound. Um, and so there's not a whole lot of information about them. Um, there's five members and you can check out their website, um, magnoliaparkband.com. Um, but I absolutely love magnolia park's sound um it again has that like classic pop punk quality that i'm really looking for um but it also again all of these bands what i think drew me to them is that they're doing something a little bit different that i feel like is an evolution of what was the early pop punk movement so adding their identity and their sound and their voice into um this pop punk genre and so um they also do some of that like activist music uh that i love that again i talked a little bit about on the uh, follow boy episode but kind of like building their their identity and their passion into their songs to to reach people um and so when i first found them uh late i want to say late 2021 um, I had started listening to them like kind of casually and I checked back in on them recently and um, they have been signed to Epitaph Records, which is amazing. I don't know when they were signed to Epitaph Records. They might've been signed when I found them. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, they, I just think that's so freaking cool. Um, and they have a song with Kellen Quinn, which I really love. Um, it's called Love Me. Kellen Quinn's voice is just incredible. So I've really, really been enjoying them a lot. They uh, have a new album coming out soon, I believe. Um, but my favorite track for them is called October. And it is just, again, that perfect like quality of like pop punk, hopefulness, sadness, I hate this fucking town. Um, they have a couple of those things uh, integrated into their discography that are uh, more of those like predictable sort of song titles. Like um, they have one called Kids Like Us. They have one called The End. They have one just called Drugs, Desperate. So sort of, you know, that 
My Chemical Romance sort of vibe. I think what's really cool is like if you listen to their discography in order, you can really hear the evolution of their sound in a really small amount of time. Um, And they do a ton of really cool features too. So um, definitely check them out. Magnolia Park. All right. So the next artist I'm going to be talking about, um, his name is uh, Lahar. And Lahar makes... um, I I guess you would kind of call the genre like synth pop for the most part. It's that like, again, sad boy pop that I love. Um, And I've actually only heard one song from him. But like I said, this episode is really about like new discovery. And I just found Lahar literally last week from Instagram Reels promoting it to me. And it's his single called Do You Think About Me? Um, And I love it. So Lahar is based out of Atlanta. Um, he only has 289 subscribers on YouTube, like literally brand new, I'm pretty sure. His first single, it looks like came out like two years ago. So really fresh. And he is a songwriter and a producer. So he does all of his own stuff, which I think is really cool. Looks like he performs live in Atlanta pretty often. So um, I love his Instagram. Um, he posts like singing clips on there. Um, and yeah, he just feels very real and accessible to me. And I, I love to see someone pursuing their their dreams. Uh, like I've mentioned, I just think it's cool to try things and go for things and enjoy things. Um, so I love, do you think about me? The album cover is gorgeous. It's this like sepia washed, um, like half portrait of his torso lying down with like holding a bouquet of dried flowers. You only see half of his face. Um, and, uh, I love the, the mood that it captures of like being really enamored with someone and really just wondering if they're thinking about you the same way. Um, I love that, that energy. Um, and I am really motivated to check out some of his other stuff. So he has other songs that I think kind of follow sort of this same sad boy trend. So there's one called I would die bad at getting over it, uh, needed you more than you needed me. And then the first song that I have here is called terrified. So, you know, Uh, I think that's cool. So uh, he's also done a Taylor Swift cover, which I like. Um, I'm not a huge Swifty in terms of like her fandom. Like I would never call myself like a Taylor Swift like fan just because like her fan culture is not that approachable to me. But I do love a lot of her music. And I know I've mentioned this in previous episodes as well, but I really enjoy like a deeper, more baritone quality to a voice uh, that I'm listening to. So I love... um, when like typically men cover women's songs I just love the way that that sounds and also vice versa like I love when like girl groups will cover boy group songs and kind of like get into their deeper register um just because that's what's more pleasing for me to listen to personally um so yeah Lahar uh definitely check him out I'm really enjoying it and I'm gonna I think spend a little bit more time getting to know him a little better and uh excited to see what he does next All right. So the next artist I've been listening to a lot recently um, is, I think, kind of an exception or an outlier in this list. So his name is Taini, and he is a producer and songwriter. Um, He's Puerto Rican, and he has mostly like a reggaeton sound for the most part. Um, That's like what he's been working on most recently. Um, And I literally just found him like two weeks ago and been listening to his latest release called data. Um, and had never heard of him again. It was literally promoted to me on Instagram reels. The EP or the album data was what specifically was promoted to me on Instagram reels. Um, and I loved it immediately because the album cover is like an anime girl with wires hooked up to her neck. It's very like Mecca dystopian future. She has pink hair. 
Um, but the art style is really vintage for anime. So it's like that 80s, like almost like Nausicaa meets uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And so I was really actually drawn into the aesthetics of the album cover. And I downloaded the album to Apple Music without ever having listened to it to like come back to it later. Um, and I had no idea what to expect. I honestly thought it was just going to be like a lo-fi playlist, like a study playlist. And I was pleasantly surprised. All of Tiny's songs are in Spanish, as expected. And uh, again, it's like it's like that audio engineering, like synth produced, but um, there's like this weight to it almost. Um, and it's n- definitely not easy listening, but the album flows together extremely well. And I imagine it would DJ really well. And I really loved it and listened to it kind of on repeat while I was writing the other day. Um, I'm working on a little like novella submission uh, to try and get published. And I was just like grinding some words and listening to data on repeat. And so I thought Tiny was like, you know, this like up and coming underground, you know, guy that I found on Instagram reels. Right. And so when I was doing research for this episode and looking up all the artists to kind of chat more about them, he is like a Grammy and BMI award-winning producer and works with Daddy Yankee and Cardi B and Bad Bunny. He is uh, on Rock Nation and Interscope labels. Like uh, my mind was just completely blown. And it kind of reminded me that so many of the incredibly talented people working on the music that we all listen to every day are not necessarily public facing and they're not um, people that we would necessarily know their names, right? So um, I think producers, there's kind of this like pressure nowadays to be self-produced. I think I especially feel that way being in the the K-pop world. A lot of K-pop groups now in order to be competitive in the market have to be self-produced. And so I sometimes draw this like false um, conclusion that like all artists are self-produced and like write all their own songs, but that's not true. And they're actually a completely different skill set. I think it's kind of silly and unrealistic that we've gotten into this expectation that everyone is self-produced and everyone's a songwriter um, and that everyone can do it all when someone might have an incredible voice and a knack for performance, but like, isn't a songwriter. And then we would be like missing out on that person's talent. Um, So that was a really cool discovery that I found tiny and that uh, he has produced and wrote like a ton of other amazing, like chart topping songs. And so uh, it's been really fun to kind of listen to the music that he makes for himself because it data sounds completely different from I like it by Cardi B. Like they're totally, they're not even like similar. Right. So if you like that uh, kind of like synth wave meets like trap rap style music, like definitely check out data by tiny. Up next, we have a band called Pine Creek Academy. Um, And they are self-described as a new pop punk slash alternative rock band from Allentown, Pennsylvania. So um, I'm pretty close to Allentown right now. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like they're sort of close by. Um, And uh, they have a really nostalgic pop punk sound. I wouldn't even actually say that they're doing anything new (laughs) or like innovative in the pop punk genre. It's truly like, what it says on the tin. 
it's very reminiscent of early 2000s, um, like the Academy is sort of vibes, but I love it, right? Like, I don't think that you necessarily have to be innovating a genre to be relevant. Um, It can just be good because it's good and it doesn't have to be that deep. It doesn't have to be that complex. Um, I know I like to deep things a lot. I definitely have a tendency to do that and I enjoy doing that. Um, And I do like to feel really strongly connected to whatever it is I'm listening to, but it's not necessary for me to have a good time. So their debut debut EP is called Rewind and I'm absolutely loving it. It has that like sleazy... I'm a piece of shit on purpose kind of vibe um, that I absolutely loved about like all time low back in the day. Um, And uh, it's so much fun. Like it really, it really does take me back to like going to Warp Tour in 2012. So there's five songs on the EP and it it just came out not that long ago. Um, And I think my favorite song is called Echo. It's the fourth track. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, again, I don't really know much about them other than they're from Pennsylvania and they have that like classic sound, but, um, I've had the EP on repeat for like the last couple days. I'm really, really enjoying it. So definitely check them out. Pine Creek Academy. And again, it's kind of got that like all time low Academy is fusion flavor. Uh, it's, it's really fun. The next artist I've been really enjoying is called King Quince. He is also uh, pretty new, I would say. Uh, The album that I found of his is called Shows Over, and it just came out this year. Um, And it's a full album, has 11 songs, um, which is amazing. Um, It looks like his first single called Reliance came out in 2021. Um, and I actually haven't listened to that yet. So he's only been making music for the last two years. Self-identifies as a Black rock star, which I think is amazing. Um, again, kind of like returning to the roots of what rock music was born from and kind of like taking back the the essence of pop punk and alternative music um, for the Black community who are the forefathers of this genre in the first place. Um, and I am obsessed with his sound. Like, um, again, most of these artists I'm talking about, I found on Instagram reels. Um, and he was promoted to me with uh, his song. I think it was new Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, was promoted to me on Instagram reels and it, it was, it like slapped me in the face. It was so good. Like, like a gut punch almost like that, that like swelling feeling in my chest that I want from a song. Um, new Amsterdam, it like captured me immediately. Like the first like two or three notes, um, on the Instagram reel, which I think speaks to two things. I think one, it speaks to his marketing team. He's managed by uh, the uh, company is called Casanova the Marauder. I mean, it looks like a, it looks like a single staff uh, management company. It's like smaller, um, but their, their marketing team is amazing. Like knowing exactly which clip of the song to uh, promote for the reels so that people would find it. And then, uh, but it also speaks to his incredible talent as a songwriter and as a musician, um, as a singer. Uh, and he has that, again, that like alternative pop punk mixed with like hip hop, rap and trap fusion. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Machine Gun Kelly meets Lil Nas X. Um, it's, it's really, really like an overlap of all the things that I love in a song. And uh, I love the entire album. You know, it's like I said, it's 11 tracks. Um, And some of the tracks are his single releases that he's added almost like kind of like a repackage. Um, But there's also a live version of one of the songs, um, which I think is awesome. Um, And he performs 
Uh, it looks like uh, locally, I'm not 100% sure where he's based, but he does have uh, live sessions and uh, does do shows and things like that. And one of the things I love about his aesthetic, not just the music, but like his his brand for all of his albums, there's like this high fantasy vaporwave aesthetic, which I'm very drawn to. I listen to vaporwave low pipe lo-fi playlists all the time um and i just think that he's really like if he doesn't explode and become like the next huge pop punk artist on the scene like i will be so sad because i just think that he is doing amazing things um and it's going to be hard for me to choose which of his songs i want to include uh in my youtube playlist for y'all because truly i love the whole album so definitely listen to the whole album of shows over what the other thing that i love about it is that shows over is like a complete project narrative as an album which i really really love i am definitely the type of person that listens to albums in order and tries to figure out like the artistic vision and the goal of the album from start to finish um and i really feel like i'm being taken for a journey um on shows over so I would definitely listen to the whole thing uh, and I'll have to give some thought to the songs I'm actually going to add to the playlist for y'all. But I'm thinking probably 48 Floors in New Amsterdam because I think those were my two favorites. Um, I'm going to try and select two from each of these uh, to share. But uh, yeah, so King Quince, he's Music's Future One on Instagram and I am really, really enjoying his stuff right now and I'm looking forward to whatever he makes next. I have two more for y'all and the second to last one is a group called House and Home and I've saved these last two because these last two are ones that I am considering actually being a part of like the fandom with a capital F for these last two groups. Um, So I am truly enjoying the music for all of the artists that I've shared with you in this episode but these last two groups I feel like have hooked their claws into me the ways that in the way the same way that a lot of my favorite artists have in the past like I can feel it I can feel the pattern developing within me um of like I'm genuinely interested in following their career I follow them on socials I have notifications turned on I feel connected to them in specific ways so House and Home started in the summer of 2017 uh which I actually just found them like a month ago And so um, I'm a little bit late to the party, but uh, so again, new to me, not necessarily new, but uh, they're an alternative rock outfit and they are from Richmond, Virginia, which is the city that I was born in. So I'm always excited when I see um, artists blossoming from the South, uh, like I mentioned earlier uh, with Lahar, like he's from Atlanta. Um, I just think that that's amazing. Like when artists come from, from the South, cause I feel deeply connected to the South, um, you know, rather than being from like LA or New York or whatever, um, or even like Nashville, which is like the, the LA of the South, right? Music capital. So, um, someone being from Richmond, that was really, really cool to me. I felt immediately connected to them and they have this kind of like soft grunge aesthetic. Um, but I, one thing I love is that they, take pictures with like old architecture in Richmond with like florals. And I really, it really does feel like coming home when I look at their um, Instagram, but also when I listen to their songs. So I'm very quickly becoming a huge fan. The other thing that I love about them is that they, uh, in their bio, talk about working tirelessly to carve out a place for themselves in the music scene. Um, And I feel like that kind of messaging always resonates with me, like that kind of scrappiness of like, carving a space for you in industries that are so difficult to break into. 
Um, you know, there's always having a conversation about nepotism and things like that. Um, and so, you know, I really, that really resonated with me. Um, they DIY tour. So like they're in charge of all their own touring. Um, and they just continue to like pack out like basement venues and clubs. And I just think that that's so cool. Like a scrappy, like grassroots, like pop punk, uh, alternative rock project. I love that. And I kind of similar to like I was saying with Wheelwright, like, you don't have to be, you know, a stadium tour level famous musician to really thrive and do what you love. Um, and I almost, I almost feel like that's better in many ways, like even as a listener, but also as a creator, like cultivating an audience of people who are invested in what you're doing and, and really like and enjoy your project. And you can connect with them and really sustain that without the like insane parasocial pressure of being a multinational famous musician. Like if I was going to pursue a music career, that's what I would want. And so I, I'm really, really loving them. And so they kind of, in their own description, say that their sound is kind of adjacent to like Foo Fighters or like Taking Back Sunday. But I really feel like they have a unique identity already. I really like that they're, they like they, again, they keep using this term like DIY. And that really comes through. And I really like that. I like the like grunginess of their sound. So the song that I love the most from them is called Empty Handed. And I am obsessed. I literally listen to Empty Handed every single day. Um, and it came out in 2021. So it's uh, two years old now, but truly, truly obsessed. Like it is a, a repeat song and I, I'm really enjoying it. But they had a new EP come out last year in 2022 called Everything is Sacred. Um, and so I'm going to check that out. I haven't listened to it yet. I have just been looping empty handed over and over again but i am excited to check out the 2022 ep i'm sure i will like it um i also love their single heat seeker from 2020 um and so i'm hoping they'll put out new music maybe this year or next year just uh to keep the keep the journey and the vision going um and i would love to catch a show of theirs in richmond i think that would be so cool so again house and home all right so last but in by no means least is my top new group that I have been completely hyper fixated on, which is Loveless. Um, I am being completely overrun, taken over in my brain by this band. I'm totally obsessed with them. So they are a LA based alternative rock emo pop duo. And they are Julian and Dylan. Um, and they first got famous, like really like exploding from doing covers during COVID um, in 2020. They were like covering a lot of the songs that were going viral on TikTok at the time and doing like emo pop punk covers of songs. Um, so the one that really, really blew them up was Middle of the Night um, by Ellie Duhay. I think I think that's how you pronounce their last name. Um, and it is so fucking good. I've listened to Middle of the Night over and over again, their pop, pop punk cover of it specifically. Um, and they have so many covers um, on all of the streaming platforms. They also did a cover of Running Up That Hill because it got famous again, like re-famous from Stranger Things. And I just think that Julian's voice is going to define the emo pop punk genre of the 2020s um, of this kind of like 
current era pop punk, this new era, if you will. He is one of the most amazing vocalists I've ever heard, like on par with like Patrick Stump level vocal prowess. His vocal color is so unique. Like I hear like one syllable and I know that it's Julian singing and he's kind of like exploded in this new social media era kind of way, like from these covers and him and Dylan have, I love their original music even more than their covers, which um, to me lets me know that they're, they're really the real deal. Right. Because like someone can make amazing covers. um, But then like, if their original music is not great, um, then, you know, I might not stick around or if, if it's not like, again, my cup of tea. Um, and so Loveless actually also has a song with uh, Kellen Quinn called Someone Else. And I really love that Kellen Quinn works with newer artists. I think that's really cool. as kind of like a legacy, like pop punk legend. And again, I love, I love Julian and Kellen's voice together. Oh my gosh. It's like a, like a powerhouse combo, but I truly love every song that has been put out by Loveless so far. Um, my favorites are actually their newest single, which is I Hope I'm Not Sick. Um, and then one of their older songs from 2020 that's called uh, Lighthouse. I have my finger on the pulse for Loveless. I really think that they are going places, um, kind of similar to King Quince. Like, I really think that they are, both of them are going to be genre defining in the next couple of years. I think they're amazing. And what I love about Julian is that he has cultivated this really cool like online presence. He makes like YouTube shorts, TikToks, Instagram reels of him just singing alone in his home studio. And where I found him originally, and like the band overall, because like Dylan is also part of the band, but Julian's definitely like the face. Um, and the voice, but where I actually found him was I was listening to that new song, um, chronically conscious by Brendan Brails. That's like super popular right now. And my Instagram reels algorithm, uh, showed me the, it was like a re upload from TikTok where Brendan had posted the hook from chronically conscious and was like asking other artists to write their own verses and add it in which Julian did from, from Loveless. He like wrote his own verse and then sang the hook into the chorus. And I really love Chronically Conscious anyway, like the original song, but the Loveless version, I truly felt like I was like ascending into outer space. Like it struck such a strong chord with me. It like made me like teary eyed to listen to. Um, And I was like, his voice is one of the only voices I want to hear from this day forth, right? So that's where I actually found him. And I, I first thought he was just like, you know, an Instagram creator, just was like singing on Instagram, making covers, whatever. Because there's a lot of people doing that, which I also love. But then when I realized he was actually in a band and they have albums and they tour, um, I was so stoked. And I actually missed their local show in my town. And I'm so sad. So I hope they go and tour again next year because I am really, really digging it. I love the music video for I Hope I'm Not Sick. And something that Julian's been doing recently on his Instagram reels is making covers of their original songs with like new flavors, like making like acoustic versions or like sadder, more emo versions of like their own music. And I can just tell that he absolutely loves what he does. He's really all in. Um, He showed a process recently of recording all the layers that are in a Loveless song. And he even shared recently that one of their singles was inspired by a cosplayer. So he's kind of like marrying this very cool, like online digital community, like 
paving our own way in the entertainment industry while also just has absolutely like prodigy level raw talent. Um, he is incredible. Um, and so I'm really loving Loveless. Uh, and I saved them for last, saved the best for last because I am uh, definitely tumbling headfirst into the Loveless fandom. And I'm going to follow them for a really long time. Um, as long as they're making music, I'll be around. So that's all for this episode. Uh, I thought it was really fun to just share some of the new things I've been enjoying, uh, take the nostalgia glasses off and, and dive into some new content. So I would love if you could let me know what are some new things that you're interested in. Um, it doesn't have to be music, um, but maybe a fandom that you've entered into in the last year that maybe was unexpected for you. Um, I'd love to hear about it. So you can come hang out with me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. Um, you can also always send me an email at get your pod at gmail.com. Um, as always, if you want to chat with me about a specific property or you have thoughts about what I've already covered, uh, definitely send me an email. And I am always taking suggestions for episodes. Uh, I love to, as mentioned in this episode, I love to discover new things. So uh, come join the community and thank you so much for listening. I will catch you all in the next one to chat about our next hyperfixation.